0: Welcome to What Is It About Weather, the weekly podcast, where we explore all things that are intertwined between weather and our everyday lives. I'm your host, Mark Jelinek, and this week we're going to be talking about dreams. And what do weather dreams say about me? Now, as you can probably hear, my voice a little different this week. Still still southern hemisphere kind of doing that thing, so again. Please excuse the background noise, and this week I've got to ask you to excuse my under-the-weather voice. Picked up a bit of a nasty cold. The good news is, I've certainly suffered worse. The bad news is, it's, it's, been a, it's been a kick. Tell you what, I had enough things to do without worrying about getting a cold, but we don't need to talk about that, but just bear with me. So, I'm going to try to punch this podcast out, get it done. Hopefully my voice will... Stand the test of time and make it through all this. It's funny. I thought about, you know, your voice changes a lot of times when you get a cold, right? And I thought, you know, that might be a good time to record some segments that I'm thinking about doing, you know, working into the podcast at some point to give, you know, little bumpers or breaks in between different segments. But time did not permit. The other thing, it's kind of funny how all this comes back. You know, I told you, I think in the last episode, I'm going to be teaching... A satellite and radar meteorology course this semester so I've been thinking satellites so actually that's been my weather intertwined week is I've been thinking satellites and we've got this new weather satellite that I've mentioned in past episodes called GOES-16 and it's up there it's getting very close to becoming fully operational but just the differences in what we're able to see now versus Tiros one back in nineteen sixty, the first pictures of from a weather satellite. It's amazing. It's incredible the leaps and bounds of technology, not only in what we throw up into space. I mean, think about even the first Sputnik, the first Russian satellite that went up there. It's this little I don't it was twenty some odd inches, I want to say. I don't remember the exact diameter. Fairly small, had these four antenna off of it. But since that thing went up to where we are today, both how we get them there with the rockets now being able to land and reuse and all that stuff, it's it's just, it baffles me some days and I'm amazed at what we've achieved. And hopefully we will continue to use those brains we have to advance ourselves and learn more about everything we do, whether it's the weather or other things. Well, like I said, it kind of came full circle. So I was thinking a lot about satellites and Sputnik in particular. But between that and my voice this week, there's a, a kind of an internet meme that came out a few years ago. And for anybody that's a Star Trek fan, you may have known heard of it. I guess it's called the the la Law song. Okay, and it was done back in the '70s by a Russian recording artist. And it reminds me. I mean, it, see, this is the thing. The younger crowd, you're not going to get into these references like Lawrence Welk show and all this stuff. But old variety shows that were up on TV back in that day here in the states as well. You had artists come on, do their thing. But somebody took a some scenes. It wasn't just one scene. Some multiple scenes and, and merged them together from Star Trek, the original Star Trek with Captain Kirk and Spock and all those folks, Leonard Nimoy, William Shatner, etc. And they put on the screen, first it starts with Sputnik, actually. It's not, I don't know that it's an actual image of Sputnik, but it's a recreation. So you see the satellite, and then it goes into this guy singing this song, and it goes And it goes on and on and on and on. You know, you could imagine that kind of song. But it's got this funny laugh, but it got real deep voice, right? But the recording, you know, it kind of made this guy famous. Yeah, out of nowhere, this thing came up, showed up on the internet, and people have done things like this. So I'll put a link in the show notes if you're interested in seeing more. It's a, it's a funny skit, and I'll put a link to the original recording because I think that's even out there as well. But it's really humorous, and you could tell in the recording he's not really singing it live, but it, it is him. I mean, they they verified that later. and he. I think there was a scene I even saw on the internet somewhere where he recreated it. But I digress. So satellites, that's kind of where my brain has been this week. It was just funny that I had that kind of connection with where my voice has turned to with this this bit of a cold. All right. Speaking of heads, speaking of brains, we're going to talk about dreaming. Now, I got to say, before we get too far in this episode, this is one of those episodes where I guess the science is at a state where you're going to have to just, I don't know. I, I th- The science is there, Okay. And there is science there, and we're understanding more about it. But there's also this intertwined component that will kind of feel at times like astrology and horoscopes or psychics or those sort of things. But just be open to the idea, I guess. Because what I wanted to look at was what do weather dreams say about you, right? If you have dreams about weather, what is that telling you? Now, this came about, I, it was actually on my list a while ago, a while back. And I couldn't really figure out you know, what to do with it. Or it was one of those shows that you know, I just never got into it. The idea was there, but I was like, eh, it's just not coming to me. Partly due to some things from when I was a kid. And I'll get the, into that in a minute. But the other one, I had this weird thing. So I went out for sushi not too long ago. And lo and behold, this thing shows up at the table. I, I guess I wasn't paying attention to what I ordered, but it's it's a... Octopus and all its tentacles have been like deep fried. And this thing, you know, it's all twisty and turny. And, you know, this is huge things, tasty, but it really wasn't what I was expecting. And it was a very vivid sort of presentation. And it really stuck with me, the image. And of course, that night, I go to bed. And sure enough, I have a dream about tornadoes, but that looked just like the squid. So it wasn't like one tornado. It was this, you know, multiple six, eight tornadoes all spinning around each other. And I woke up and I knew immediately where I had gotten the picture that my brain was working with. But it reminded me, okay, I need to do this dream episode. You know, what What might that tell me? You know, I was having a tornado dream. Granted, I had this visualization that was a bit off-center. But like I said, the original idea came from when I was even younger and it wasn't even about dreams. When I used to go to sleep, and if I couldn't fall asleep, you know, so they always... Some people count sheep. I don't know if people really count sheep or not, but different people have things to to fall asleep. One of the things I used to do is I would dream of cloudy skies, like an overcast sky or clouds coming in and filling the sky and paint that picture in my head and it would always help me fall asleep. It was a very soothing thing for me. It, It created, you know, for some people clouds may represent different things, but for me it was more of an enveloping situation. Okay, it was just a it was a calming thing. So whatever was racing through my brain, you know, and I was this is like you know puberty age going through teenage years that that time frame, middle school, high school kind of stuff. So I wanted to get back to it, but that wasn't really a dream thing, and that was where I wanted to go. So I had this tornado dream. So we're going to get into it now. That's that's where I've gotten into it. And you know, dreams. And this is where the, the part gets tricky for me. Dreams are always one of those things that's, you know, we've learned more. And we do know, as an example, that animals dream. I mean, they've they've shown that. Now, I don't know how you can actually prove it. it, it, it I guess the brain waves of the animals go through similar things that humans do. But, you know, you've heard stories of like people thinking a dog is chasing a rabbit or something because of the way they're moving when they're sleeping. Now, I I can't substantiate that. And I didn't dig into that that level. But it was—it's always kind of dreams are one of those sentient being things, and so, you know, there's all of course there's the android thing of do androids dream of electric sheep? This a uh, uh, Philip K. Dick book that had to do with Blade Runner. Actually, and the sequel's coming out. I, I'm sorry, I'm getting all over the place with this sort of thing. But the long and short of it is dreams have have supposedly there there's supposedly more to it than just dreaming. But trying to understand both the science and what it might be telling us. Are two pieces of the equation that go into the, the, the field of study called O-neurology. I hope I'm saying that right. I'll spell it for you. The, the, you know, the challenge a lot of times with these things is you get a bazillion different pronunciations online. O-N-E-I-R-O-L-O-G-Y. And it's both the kind of the mechanics of dreaming, but also trying to understand what dreams tell us. So it's a little bit of both. It's a, that's a pretty broad, encompassing thing. But as you can imagine, there's also a lot of study of the brain's behavior while we're sleeping with neurology as well. But that tends to get more, you know, the mechanics. It's very focused on the mechanics. Although, Again, so you, you see that mix. In any case, the goal, understanding more of what is dreaming and what purpose does it serve? even if you get past the interpretation of dreams for a moment. There's two things, and I, I'm going to put a link into studies. This, Like I said, I, I didn't want to get over study on this because this really is kind of way out of my field. But I did at least want to be grounded into where the science is today. And there's a couple of key components. The first is it, it clearly is a way that we are somehow dealing with with emotions and the processing of emotions and it gets to the idea that a lot of people who aren't sleeping are the ones that most likely need the sleep but you may find that people who are depressed or sleeping more are actually dealing with emotions and it's it's their way of their body trying to process everything that's going on around them. Now, it's interesting of course that you know you don't have your eyes as a visual stimulus, but that doesn't mean your brain isn't painting a picture, right? So these these secondary processing centers are still trying to take something like that piece of sushi I was looking at. And deal with it in some way and process it in some way. And so it may utilize something that it saw, that your body saw, but it may try to connect that with emotions or you may see a very strong emotional event apparently and it's how your body's trying to deconstruct that and make it so you can comprehend it and deal with it and process it. Now, traditionally we think about REM sleep and you've probably heard that phrase before rapid eye movement, right? And we were, you know, traditionally we were told that REM sleep is when you dream. Now, they do have found that non-REM sleep, I think they just said NREM is, if I remember the acronym that they were using, we dream all the time. You can dream at any point throughout the night, okay? Anytime you're asleep, you can dream. Doesn't mean you're always dreaming. Although I I don't, yeah, I did get into all that if there are times where we're truly not dreaming or if our body... To some extent, is always dreaming or not. But what they did find is that we are most likely to remember when we're in that REM sleep stage, because apparently it's the closest our body is to behaving like we're awake. Now, I don't, you know, fully understand. There's you know theta waves and alpha waves and all these different things, and I don't know how all those apply in this situation, but just generally, if you're woken up during REM sleep, you're much more likely to remember what you were dreaming, okay? So that's most likely. If you wake up and remember a vivid dream, you are likely in a REM sleep state. And, you know, we, we most people, I think, wake up sometimes and you've had a vivid dream and it maybe it even woke you up. But for other people, you know, or sometimes you might wake up and you, do, you know you dream, but you don't recall anything specifically. So, now let's, that's kind of the science and where the science is. And again, we're learning more about, you know, maybe how important it is or the fullness of the role that it plays. But those are some of the basic things in our understanding today. Now, again, kind of like satellites, it's amazing what we can watch in the brain now with all the technology that we have to keep an eye on what the brain is doing when you're in these states. It's kind of incredible when you think about it. So that's come a long way. Now the other piece of this, like I said, this is where we touch in that kind of whole astrology horoscope psychic thing. And I know some people are not going to buy this necessarily. And other people aren't going to be fully into it. And I don't care which you are. really don't care. But it's fun to think about. And the other reason I had fun with this is because you get different answers depending on which source you go to, right? So there was one person that kept coming up in the searches again and again, and her name was Lori Loewenberg. She's a certified dream analyst. Don't even ask me to get into what that means, okay? Okay. And she studied, she got that studying under somebody with a PhD. It just, it doesn't even matter. I don't know much more about her. She's been on the Dr. Oz show on TV here in the States. She's, she's well known and she's got her own website. What I don't like about it, and I forget her catchphrase, like the most trusted dream expert on the planet. It was some catchphrase. And anybody that's that sure of themselves and that full of themselves, it always kind of turns me off. Yeah, you know, I've, I've done a lot of things in meteorology, and I may have won this competition or performed well doing those sort of things. I can't imagine a day that I would ever say, get up and say, Mark Julienic, the most trusted name in meteorology. So I always kind of throw that off a little. But the reason it kept coming back to this is she wrote a book a few years ago, 2011. And in that book, she did a whole chapter on weather dreams. So a lot of places have interviewed her. Okay, and so that's why her name kept coming up. But but again, there are other ones called the dream dictionary as an example. And there was more than one dream dictionary. And in every case, they all had some different weather things. So I thought what we would do is we would take maybe the top 5, and not necessarily even the top 5, but some of the more common things and look at it and and see if we can share and go through what some of these things are supposedly telling us, right? So let's take the first one. Now, the first one does happen to be tornadoes, which is interesting. I, I thought that was very interesting. And one of these things had cases like, so one of them was a case of somebody was in a trailer, obviously the place you're not supposed to be during a tornado. The the tornado came and picked the trailer up, right? Move this person in the trailer, landed it okay. And I'm like, and, and so what are you going to interpret from all that? I. I you know, that's the same thing. So again, lots of examples, you know, this is my example of a tornado dream. That's my example. Now this Lori Lohenberg person would tell you that tornadoes are a classic example of of a weather dream that people that worry a lot have. And it relates to the fact that you have very little control over that situation with a tornado and you're worried about, is it, when is it going to happen? And is it going to get me or is it going to miss me? And might it impact other people, I know. Yet other sites would say it has to do with a spinning or rotating situation you're in. Or trauma you've suffered. Or volatility. So none of them were necessarily positive things. But you can see different people took different views of it. Clearly, and this will be a theme that goes throughout all of these cases, right? Clearly it has a lot to do with... Whether we're seeing this weather event in the same way or different way. What is our frame of reference? And this gets back to my whole cloud thing, right? I thought of clouds not as a dark menacing thing, but I saw the dark as a positive thing, a calming thing, a reduction in the chaos, I guess, around me that the light of day caused. And, and that's actually something I still go around with today. I like nighttime. I don't necessarily like the long days of summer, heat aside. At some point, I like the early evenings because it puts me into a zone where I actually feel more comfortable concentrating on certain things. Because maybe the rush of the day is gone. I don't know. But that's my perspective. And that's probably very unique to me, not you know completely unique to me. But for many people, the sun, and sun was another one. Sunniness was one of the few things, actually, that most of them agreed on. It's happiness. It's positive. It's good times. Well, I can tell you, a sunny day for me, there are times, and if you've ever saw the, the movie The Mask that had Cher in it, back, again, a long time ago. I know. I'm dating myself. But there was a line in that movie. The guy wrote a poem, and The sun on his face was both kind of the best and the worst. It's like a tale of two cities, the best of times and the worst of times, those sort of things. But sunny for me, I love a sunny day, but I find it kind of boring. I don't necessarily find it happy and positive. I find maybe the rays of sun coming through some clouds being something that invokes a certain response for me. But generally a sunny day doesn't do much for me. But apparently, for most people, it means that you're having happy, positive, and good times. Okay? Now, rain was an interesting one as well. Because for some people, it was tears. It represents tears, it was nature's way of cleansing. So it could be viewed as a shedding off or a need to grieve. Or whatever it might be it was it was one of those ways to release I guess these things that had built up in you but for others it supposedly is sad or you lack clarity because you know it can kind of be misty dreary rain I, again I guess it depended on the type of rain but again I think we get into that whole idea of where what's the position I'm coming from how do I view rain you know me I love rain I love to go walk in the rain. And somebody even talked about this. It's like, do you think of, you want to go sing in the rain or you want to go out and dance around in it? Well, your view of how you're going to use that is very different. And this is the thing that came up with, all, again, with all of these, short of sun, short of sun. Now, wind was an interesting one because wind is usually a reflection, supposedly, again, supposedly, from some people's view. Of change, It's a reflection that things are changing around you. And the stronger the wind supposedly was, the more stubborn you were being. So maybe you were trying to resist change. But change did seem to be a kind of a, a recurring theme with winds. These different things going on around you. But it could also reflect the force that you were a strong person. And that you were doing something very dynamic and forceful. And that's the other thing that came up in these things is some of these looked at it from the dreams are telling you something about a situation you're already in. Whereas others of these were looking truly looking more forward and saying these are the thing you're foreseeing these things happening to you. Now I, I don't buy that. I will tell you that I have had dreams that I think have come true or have felt that way, but I, I still am not convinced of that, let's say. I've sat there before in a situation, and I can feel like I can tell you what the words are going to come out of somebody's mouth. And in my mind, I thought, well, I dreamt that. And it's a very deja vu sort of situation. Yeah, I can't prove any of that. That'd be neat. I'd like to think that dreams are actually telling us something, and some people leave that, right? So I'm open to the idea. But that one's a little more, that's that's even stretching it a little further than, than w- what we understand. But as with all things, constantly throughout time, we are learning new things. So maybe someday we will learn that we are seeing the future. We just don't know it, right? Snow, of course, I had to look at being a winter weather guy. And it wasn't dissimilar from rain in that it could represent kind of opposite ends of the spectrum for some people it was about chill it was about frozen time of the year maybe even suffering from an illness you know and again this gets into those shorter days typically that we have in in winter seasons so it had kind of that negative connotation or kind of feeling stuck supposedly but on the other side if you think of a new snow as being fresh or a sign of renewal it can be that as well and I think that also comes from the fact, and this has, you know, has a lot to do with religion in people's lives, is a lot of snow comes around the Christmas season or the holiday season. So people may view it in that context and make that connection between the two things. So, you know, we get back to all these same things. It depends it was clear to me that everybody's interpretation, it depends on your frame of reference. No doubt that somehow we're using weather and our view of weather as a tool in our dream state to help process, you know, whatever our body's going through, our body and our mind, right? No doubt about that at all. Excuse me there. I had a sneeze. Hopefully I caught that before the microphone picked it up. I'm pretty sure I caught it. Sorry about that. So where was I? I was talking about all these things. And again, we get back to fundamentally, fundamentally, frame of reference, Very important. Dream information serves as maybe a palette to work with. And hopefully, you know, if you think about maybe your frame of reference, of how you feel about that event, when you're trying to do it, maybe it'll make more sense. Maybe it can tell you these things. Again, maybe you're seeing the future. I don't know. One thing I did find funny, I you know, when I was doing, I do these searches and you never know what's going to show up in Google, right? Like I said, this this person showed up quite a few times because of the book. And there'll be a link in the show notes if you want to check out the book. But one, for some reason, a weather vane came up in one of these. Now I'm curious, what would you imagine a weather vane showing up in your dream is supposed to mean? Well, if you believe it, it means you're fickle temperamental and unpredictable. And I can think of a variety of people that fit that. Maybe I've never had a dream of a weather vane. I don't recall ever having one. But I thought that was kind of funny. It was humorous that that sort of showed up. I was like, why in the world? You know, And, and maybe because I had the word weather in there, interpreting weather, and they just added vane to it. But I couldn't resist clicking on that link. So there you go. Something to think about. Something to dream about. Something to process and ponder but just maybe just maybe the weather information in your dream is is nothing more than a background state but on the other hand it very well could be that if it's vivid enough it is trying to help you deal with whatever situation you have at hand i don't know food for thought interesting interesting intertwined weather sort of thing for this week all right let's let's wrap up here Now, for most of you, you're going to hear this when I'm back in on terra firma in in North America, again, where my cyclones will start turning counterclockwise, thankfully, so that I can be back in that middle state, because that's that's been more my norm lately. Again, when I was living here, I got used to the other way around, but I'm flying back. So I flew down, right, And, and I told you this in the last episode, kind of flew around what would become... Hurricane Franklin, and now I've got another one that I'm dealing with that I might have to fly around heading back north. So we'll we'll see where all that is. It's a bit much for two trips within a couple of weeks to play Dodge the Tropical Cyclone, but I trust my pilot will do the right thing and uh, skirt around it because I don't want to fly through the middle of it. Again, I guess we could, but I don't think that commercial jet's really designed to. Plenty of planes do it. The Hurricane Hunters do it. And I'm glad they do it and they give us lots of good information. But yeah. You know, as I said last week, I may I may be willing to continue to ratchet down that whole turbulence thing, but I'm not quite there yet, and I'm not sure I'm ready to fly into a tropical cyclone. Okay. Let's wrap up and say, as always, thank you for the support you provide to the podcast. We believe And the idea of value for value, and hopefully this podcast provides you value in some way, right? Whether it's a single episode, multiple episodes, you or a regular subscriber, whatever way, and how you provide the support. There's different ways. You could share. Okay, there's the S part. Tell people about it. You can rate. Go on iTunes. There's the R part. You could pledge. You know, whether it's Patreon or PayPal. Provide some financial support, which helps keep us at a cost-neutral state, which is the goal. Or you can validate, provide feedback. RSVP. Whatever of those you do, thank you for the things that you do. They're all appreciated and welcome. Now, on that validate piece, if you want to get in touch with the show, and I don't, you know, if you want to say, hey, this is what my dreams tell me, or what do you think of this dream? I'll be glad to discuss it with you. I don't care. So whether it's talking about a specific episode, whether you have a show idea, and as I mentioned last week, even if it's not, even if it's something you think maybe it's not a whole show worthy, but something you'd like to be covered, just pass it along. Be glad to try to figure out a way to work it in, answer your question, even if, even if it's just you know something straightforward. Be glad to do that. Now, the way to do that is go to whatisitabouttheweather.com slash contact. There's a nice little form you can fill out there. Or you can always send an email to whatisitabouttheweather at gmail.com. Either of those get to me lickety-split. As everybody knows who's ever gotten in touch with me, I generally try to get back to you the same day. Sometimes schedule doesn't provide that, but you'll usually hear from me in the same day, within 24 hours or so. I like to have those conversations even if it's just the beginning of a longer conversation so let's wrap up with what we know to be true each day we get up and we go on this planet and even with the eclipse coming in North America wherever you are we go about our business for some people maybe you're out there saving lives for other people maybe you work behind a desk and computers for maybe others you're raising kids doesn't really matter Whatever you're doing, your day is likely to be touched by weather in some capacity. Now, it could be the obvious. It's a hot day, cold day, rainy day, whatever. But there's likely more to it than that. So just keep that in mind. Think about it. Ponder it. Dream about it. Because as we all know, there's much more to weather than the weather itself. There's your two Super production. We're tired of hearing our uncle grovel, so please support him on patreon.com slash weather.